Welcome to the Hub Podcast. I am your host, Chaney Passer. With me is New Age Britney Spears, Pigtails, <laughs> MTV Sweater, <laughs> Brunbreaker, <laughs> Words. Courtney Briggs. This one, Bricker, have you seen this or have you worn this yet? No. It does, like, it's one of the, you know how certain outfits just, like, bring out vibes? An attitude? This one, I just, like, I feel like I need to be breakdancing. It's like, <laughs> I need to be, like, just doing this all <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever want to change your name as a kid? All the time. What did you want to change? I hate, I hate my name. You I don't can change it now. I don't hate my name. How weird would it I be? I just don't like it that much. What? How weird would it be if you change your name now? Like, especially, like, after us dating for five years, I just got to, like, start calling you a different name. It would be dumb. Well, and all the things, like, connected to it, it's, like, it would be, I would really have to hate it or there'd be, like, an emotional tie to hating it or to wanting to change it just because, like, the hassle that would be. Like, all the documents you need to change it on, all the people, the emails and the... Yeah. I didn't know it seems like... You would be the perfect time. You really want to change it, change it, but... The perfect time to change it would, like, be right after high school. Cause like reinvent that's, yourself. That's what everybody says. Like when you go to college or you leave high school, anyways, it's like yeah, people are trying to re not trying. They literally are kind of reinventing themselves, and like they don't feel like they're a part of that whole. You know, they don't have to be that person anymore. So they just and plus like that's where everything starts to. You kind of get your own email. You kind of yeah are getting all of these new things and setting these new things that that'd be the perfect time to change your name. What would you want to change yours to? I don't know. Maybe like Chad. No. <laughs> I always wanted Skyler. to. I always wanted it to be Caroline. Mm. When I was a kid, I wanted it to be Luigi. <laughs> when I was really little, you want to know what I wanted it to be? Bianca. That's what I was like. Oh, it'd be so cool. <laughs> it's like like even as a kid, I was like, that's like super exotic and cool. Like yeah. I like wanted to like be, you know, just that girl. Even then. Gosh, I'm so glad you've changed. <laughs> i just like wanted to be a salsa dancer like that was my life yeah but nope still courtney still courtney so you could be well i feel like your windbreaker matches what we're talking about today how does it match explain i, I mean it's just kind of that vibe it's the, the cool cool guy vibe I mean, if you think of the topic as a cool guy thing. I just feel like it's like I so, guess. so like beach vibe. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. That actually totally makes sense then. Because it's very showy. It's yeah. very like, look at me, look at me. To where those are definitely the look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. We're talking about calves and abs. Abs and calves. Calves and abs. The shows. The showy muscles. Yeah. Which is so weird. As a girl, you never hear like, oh, I wish I could grow up my calves. But almost all guys are like, oh, my calves, are s they suck. They're so small. Well, that's what I was going to say is the guys, it's it, the guys want them. The girls got them. Yeah. It's like the girls always have calves and abs and the guys always want calves and abs. Yeah. And guys typically always have like the strong muscle, like the strong leg muscles and glutes. Yep. And that's what girls want. Just naturally. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is funny. So yeah, that's what we're talking about today. How to get abs, how to get calves, how to program it to do that, and maybe just little 
tips and tricks that aren't as common when yeah. talking about these two, which is weird because both of these, now that I'm thinking about it, both of these exercise, both of these body parts, they kind of are um, mi- mistrained. No. Improperly trained than any other ones. Like they, like the way that people sometimes don't train them correctly are the exact same as each other. Mm. You know, like the, what up? We'll get into it. No, I don't know. Like, we can get into it now. Okay. So, like, I feel like calves, when you think of people doing calves, it's a lot of high reps with very little weight. You know, like people going on the, the leg press and just going. Yeah, and doing like boom, 25. Boom, 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 boom. And then same thing with abs, just doing as many as you can until you burn out. Yeah. Rather yeah, than like putting on load for both of them. Yeah. It's like you're exhausting the muscle. Yeah. And yeah, 25 repetitions. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought of that. And it's not, that's not really the way to go about it. If you're going for size, if you're trying to build out size, you know, it should be programming it just like you would program anything to build out size. Lots of weight and lower repetitions, you know, yeah. putting that, putting a bunch of weight on so that, you know, you can only do five, you can only do 10, but I think it, it is kind of odd and maybe it's just because people did it this way, but, um, it is kind of think like, it is odd to think like, I'm going to put you know, a whole bunch of weight on and just do five calf raises. But that's how you build size in anything, in any muscle. It's such a short range of motion. Yeah. I think that's maybe why. Yeah. They're like, well, no, I can do more. I can do more. Yeah. That's one thing I love about the, which I do kind of like the leg press or going on. It's like the those seated ones. Mm-hmm. where you put it on your knees is that you can get the full extension and almost like the hyper extension of your ankle and then pressing through rather than just like flat up flat up i like when you can get a little bit more of the stretch in it that it makes yeah. it seem like a little bit longer of a motion yeah and um, and sa- same with abs yeah like on a bosu ball and then same thing getting a full extension and then kind of feeling that rolling of the spine as you come up yeah abs are a little bit nicer because you have a variety of exercises that you can do with them. You know, there's a whole, there's a whole plethora of things that you can do to, you know, work different parts of your abs and and that sort of thing, different parts of your core. Um, But with calves, it's like calf raises and maybe trying to isolate and change different angles and stuff. But it's really, it's really pretty simple. Yeah, it is simple and it's like I think the ways that people are missing um the growth, I guess, like ways that you can change how you're doing it is so simple. Just like like abs, like adding weight to it. It's like you don't really have to change the exercise at all. You don't really have to maybe change or do what you're doing differently. Like most exercises it's probably like no you're doing it mostly wrong and you need to switch it because of this or you're programming weird that abs it literally tell me to just add weight and go slow but i think that's what's different about calves is like there's only there's literally like only one exercise that you can do for them you can maybe go into a couple different machines but it's all just a calf calf raises mm-hmm. where yeah. abs it's like you can do crunches, that's true, yeah. planks 
you know, hanging leg raises. You can do a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. To where calves is like, is only one. Yeah. And it's just, you have to load a bunch of weight on. What is your, I think because of my dance background, it makes me weird or eerie to think of it. Like doing like the three-way calf. For some reason I can't, I know it's not bad, but I think because with dance and there only being one way to do it, having it like an inverted stance and then going up, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just doing something really wrong. Well, and I think it's, people kind of over-exaggerate it. Oh, they turn really far out or they turn really far in to where, it, you know, your calf muscle, like your gastronemius, you can't really, I don't know. It's, it, it's not going to, um, work that differently. You know, it's kind of like a bicep curl. Like everybody goes really wide grip or really narrow grip and neutral. And if you're focusing on squeezing the different parts, you're going to get a little bit, but it's, it's not like a major, major difference. It's not a major, major difference. So I think with doing like a three-way calf or changing the angle of your foot, which if you're doing changing your foot, you also got to try to change the angle of your knee just for injury prevention. Um, because you want your knee in line with your toe at all times. But it's not going to do that much. It's not going to, it's not like a different exercise, you know, it's just to have you maybe active, activate different parts more in your feet versus your calf. Honestly. Sure. sure. Yeah. Hmm. The, the yeah. thing that I have found that has grown my calves the most is running. That makes it's sense. Not even weightlifting. And that I, makes sense. I think it's more of, I don't, I just kind of picked up running over the last maybe two years. Um, and I never really did long, run long distances before that. I, that's, I think it's just because I wasn't a runner and haven't done much running, but then, you know, me going out and doing something that I'm not used to doing, that's what has, it's a new stimulus and that's what's grown my calves the most to where I've kind of backed off of doing a whole bunch of weightlifting for the calves because after you know the next day after my runs my calves are pretty sore they're really sore they're not used to it so I haven't really done it to where I wonder if I went back into weightlifting like heavy calf Mm -hmm. workouts if they would blow up a little bit more but yeah so I think even that think about um what your whole activity is and maybe something like that running or you know Gosh, I don't even know. Running and, and calf well, raises. Well, like I think as, as far as like... Hiking. Yeah, like what that... Why is running boosting the growth? I think it's that that press off. It's the quick action that, you know, yeah, running, hiking. Like if you're talking about cardio specifically, like Stairmaster and still really articulating through your ankle, which is what I'm going to bring up. Um, but I'm going to take a real hard sidetrack quickly. I love in movies when they're trying to show like who they're sponsored by and then it's like a drink or something and they just walk in with like the label perfectly shown. Yeah. Like, but they don't talk about it, but it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just felt like I was, I felt like I was doing that with the, the Jocko drink. Oh, I thought you went the MTVs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, think where this, are their sponsors? Yeah, I don't think this show would be sponsored by MTV. Um, but 
when you said like running was when your calves got the biggest for me it was when I started training uh in point so for anybody that doesn't know that's like uh the version of ballet when like you go up on your toes so you're wearing the shoes that you get to go up on your toes um but I think because of that I don't think it was because I was literally doing like calf raises more but my ankles and my feet had to become so strong to be able to wear the shoes and dance and do all of the the movements that I think because my ankles and my feet got stronger it was able to support say like more muscle it was able to produce more productivity that like that um attributed to my calves yeah. so that could be another thing too is if you got super weak ankles and you're not focusing on that in your mobility or just in your regular strength, you know, programming, thinking of where those, and this could go for anything, but I think calves, because we're using it so often, thinking of where your connection points are. I got to move this cord. I keep moving this. Um, Thinking of where your connection points are. So like strengthening your ankles, strengthening your knees so that everything in between like is able to withhold when you're building that power basically. Yeah, it's kind of a separated example, but we bring it up all the time of like deadlifts. Your legs can maybe lift the weight, but your grip strength can't. To where thinking of it in the same sense, it's just uh, more directly kind of located to where it's like your ankles can't support that much weight. So you need to strengthen the tendons and ligaments in your ankles or in your feet so that, you know, you can. Because your calves might be able to do more weight, but when you're starting to push up, you can feel the weakness and the wobble in the ankles. Like they want to roll out or they want to roll in. That's kind of showing you that that area is, is weak and needs to be strengthened. Cause even going to your running example, like what's producing maybe the power or the press off to be able to kind of like maybe build that muscle. Like you're not gonna be able to push that much power or be able to withhold that much power and strength in your actual calf muscle if those other... Because your body's just trying to keep the balance. So they're going, well, no, we're not going to give you all the strength there because you're going to not use it correctly because these two are going to fall apart. Yeah. So just making sure that, you know, you're thinking about the whole section. Right. Well, and a lot of times that happens too with people that have ankle injuries or knee injuries or injuries in their foot um that like that calf or even up to like the quad the hamstring the glute on that side of the leg that one typically develops slower or not as well because you're not fixing that ailment that has happened within there so kind of like what you're saying your body wants to stay balanced and it has an ailment you got to fix that ailment before you can start you know loading a bunch of muscle onto those joints and ligaments yeah yeah but yeah, I think that's a good one, like calf raises, but that are heavily loaded, not just doing the pumping reps and adding some sort of plyometrics, maybe yeah. if that's not yep. what you're doing, you know, like totally. slow, not slow, but like something like box jumps, but not doing them no. over and over, doing one big power jump, coming back off resting. Yep. One big power jump or like the, um, what are they called? The... Is it broad jump? Yeah, like a broad jump. Like a broad jump where you're just trying to produce as much force as you can from that roll off all the way articulating through your feet and then landing properly. 
Um, Because, yeah, that's the same like with the running approach. Like you're just trying to pump as much power off of that area that, I don't know, like it is, at least for dance, we've learned, we learned so much. Like it's your calves, it's your ankles and your feet. That's what makes you jump. Yeah. So if you're kind of almost purposefully trying to work on that, your calves are going to compensate in a good way. Well, and that's what I would say too, is that when you're doing that, really try to focus on using that area when you jump, because it's kind of easy to just go, Oh, I have to just, you know, jump as far as I can. And you're just kind of going, no, think about what you're doing. Think about using your, your feet. And like you said, rolling off the foot and using your calf, like aggressively flexing it so that it, you know, launches you forward or up. Um, I think another thing is even doing them single leg, you know, that's a, a touch more advanced, I would say, yeah. just because of, you know, the balance and the landing, especially. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I would say too, with the box jumps, have just as much focus when you're jumping off and down too, mm-hmm. because that's like your your deceleration, your, that's like your eccentric phase of that exercise. You know, with your bicep, you do the curl up. Um, when you start coming back down, that's the eccentric part. You're getting a lot of benefit from that if you're focusing on it, just like on the box jump when you're jumping down. So don't just kind of like step down or whatever. Act like that jumping up is the first half of the lift and then jumping off and down is the second half of the lift. Yeah. Yeah, and even just like, during your regular workouts, trying to maybe do things more single leg, like you're doing bicep curl, do it single leg, because that's going to force you to stabilize, which is then going to help that foot and ankle yeah. strength. Like when we're doing yoga and she has us doing those poses, like just single leg. And then we're having to like transition through, Oh my gosh, my ankles are on a fire yeah. and then it works in my calves. Yeah. So I, that's just something that we don't have to focus on that often. that you do kind of have to program it in yourself. Yeah. I think another big thing, and this kind of applies for both calves and abs, is for for some reason, just like what we talked about with the repetitions, for some reason, everybody's tempo for it is so opposite or different. Like, you'll do a, a strength phase and, you know, you'll be doing your heavy chest press and your heavy barbell row and heavy squat and you're, you're loading up weight, loading up weight, and you're really slowing the tempo down and focusing on the contraction and pushing up. And, and then all of a sudden you go to abs and you'll grab, you know, you won't grab any weight and then you'll do 25 repetitions and you're doing it really jerky and fast. Um, people do it with calves as well. It, these aren't like different muscles compared to the rest. You want to approach them and and program them the same as you would the other ones to where if you're wanting to build out size um, or just in general, when you're, when you're lifting and and doing weight training with them, like slow and controlled, they're just having a a solid tempo of like, I'm focusing on contracting the muscle as I'm, you know, say calf raises, as I'm going up, I'm contracting. And then when I come down, you want to control it back on the way down. There's just so many people that they jerk up and they jerk back down. Um, and it's the same thing that happens with abs too. Yeah. Yeah. What I like to cue for when like I'm working with my kids or, um, sorry, my students or like when I would teach those big classes, um, it's like when it, we were doing abs, 
practicing it without weight first, but practicing it, say, with like your arms directly above you and not allowing your arms to fall forward. You have to go slow so that you can keep that position rolling all the way up and then rolling all the way back down. But explaining it and thinking of your spine going vertebrae by vertebrae on the way up and then vertebrae, vertebrae on the way down. I actually have um, in one of our videos, um, I think we do a weighted crunches how to. So look, maybe we can link that down below in the description of that video because I talk about there being four points, your head the, in between your shoulder blades, the middle of your back, and then right above your tailbone. Thinking about hitting those four points as you roll up of a one, two, three, four, and then a one, two, three, four on the way back down. Because I think a lot of people, they just go head, full body, down, head, full body, down. That if you can roll through and articulate and then articulate as you come down, you're going to have more control. And when you do that, you're actually activating your abs. Most of the time when you're doing just the up and then down and up and down and you're just doing it in two chunks, you're working more of your hip flexor than you are even your ab muscles. Yeah. So those quick repetitions and not articulating through, great. It's great to work on your hip flexors, but have that be the intention then. If you're wanting to work on your abs, work on your abs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the a lot of the case with with abs and calves is it's people usually just put it at the end of the workout and it's kind of like a I'm supposed to do this or I, I need to do this and it's just kind of a get through it to where, I mean, think about the attention and focus you put into your chest press or your squat. You want to put that same, same energy into the, into the calves and the abs, because, you know, there's a reason why it's not happening for you. And for most guys, it's not. And they're always wanting to more. It's because they're just not putting the attention and focus that they should. Sure. Sure. I think with abs, the biggest thing that I would really just suggest for most people before you get into like what specific exercises you would do and how you'd program it and all of that kind of stuff the just the two main things for me would be slowing down the movement and adding weight two things that I think people are missing um that it's like yeah you could be more specific with what exercise you're doing of crunches versus Russian twists versus hanging leg races and what's better for you. But if you're doing them all wrong, it doesn't help you as much. So that's what I would just say is slow down, slow down, articulate through each movement and add weight to it. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that's a more specific detailed version of what I was saying of just have an intention, like focus on it and, and really try to, I don't know. Give it the give it the same attention that you would your squat. You know, you're not just dropping down into a squat and then jerking up. Like you're really focusing on what you're doing on the way down and on the way up. Like the, it's the same same thing. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about what specific. Maybe let's do kind of the same thing that we did with um, the last episode of just going maybe back and forth of what your favorite ab exercises are. I think, mm, I think mine's probably this setup. Like a full setup? Yeah, a full setup. I think it's just. Classic. I, I see, I see that as like the compound lift of the, of mm. the ab exercises kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you're just getting the, 
one of the fullest ranges of motions that you can with it. Um, and it's, it's really difficult to do it correctly, but when you do do it correctly, it's super effective. Hmm. I think what I would suggest to people would be the reverse crunch. So you're basically doing a crunch, but you're just rolling up through, um, like your hips are rising off the ground and then you're trying to control it on the way down. Why I would suggest this is it helps you practice what I was talking about of the articulating because you don't want to just roll up and just like shoot your feet up in the air. You have to control the whole way and you can tell kind of when you're not because your, your hips will hit the ground. But I think what I, me personally, what my favorite is, is a um, incline, decline, sit up with weight those I just like those I don't know it's something different and I feel like I can like I really can lengthen at the bottom and then because there's a bench I think I can feel myself like peeling off of it yeah so I like that I think the one that would apply um apply the most or benefit the most is plank it's the boring Mm -hmm. one nobody likes it but You think of every exercise that you do, typically what your core is doing is stabilizing. It's not really contracting and um, relaxing. It's stabilizing and holding there. So that one's going to help all of your other exercises. I mean, think about your squat. Think about your deadlift. Think about bench press. Walking around. (laughs) Barbell row, walking, hiking, running. um, Anything and everything you do, your core is typically stabilizing. Um, So the activity or exercise to practice that is plank and you can do it time wise you can do it where you even load weight onto your lower back um that one just it's the boring one and it's not the fun one but i think it's the most beneficial i'm going to add on to that if you want to go a little bit more extreme with your plank too besides the weight on your back is i like the um i don't know what the name of it is or if there even is a name and this guy just kind of coined it as his own. Um, but it's where you kind of like press through your chest. So you're, instead of having a flat back, you're almost like trying to do like a turtle shell. So you're trying to almost contract your stomach and then hold it rather than just like a neutral spine. I always like that just cause I think it helps me, um, almost like do two things at once, like stabilize and act like, um, Sounding very stupid. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Somewhat, yeah. It seems feels more active rather than just a, rather than yeah. just like stabilizing. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think both. Plank. I think do both. Um. Because you're not always doing that when you're squatting. I guess you're not no. trying to make a no a rounded when you're squatting. But I'm gonna do another kind of holding movement that's not your typical i guess like exercise but a vacuum pose Hmm. i really started maybe not a true vacuum pose but a version of that i started adding that in i would say maybe couple maybe two or two and a half years now and i think it helped me see where my weaknesses in my core are of like i can really contract and condense my right side my left side isn't as 
connected. So then if I connect that to like, okay, squats, if I start to get a little loose, do I start to rotate into my right side? Because that's where the, my dominant muscles am I able to contract are that what does that interfere with in my other lifts? Um, and just, yeah, the, the act of just squeezing in and holding and um, bracing on your own without an active force against it is really hard for me, but I like working on it. Yeah. I think the, the other one for me, it's more of a general, but I think, um, the twisted ones, twisted ones, the rotating ones, when you have weight loaded and you have having to rotate, um, that is just a, a day-to-day thing that we do is, you know, rotating at the core and, and moving and twisting and stuff that, putting that under load and really working on that and strengthening those areas. I think it's just a, it's something that really helps your, your day to day. And again, it's more, maybe more of an injury prevention thing, um, and quality of life thing. But I think that one's super important. Hmm. Whether, whether it's like a cable twist or, um, Russian twists, even, even though those can be pretty difficult to do them correctly. Sure. Um, that's why I would rather somebody do cable twists. But that rotating, uh, we do that a lot and we don't really realize it and we don't ever really work on being strong in that area. Well, and that's one thing that I didn't realize earlier on was that there are like two panels of your abs. So like if you want to work on the main section that everybody thinks of like the six pack as that is going to be your crunching motion or your well, not your planks are more stabilizing, but like your crunching motion to where obliques, they will help in that, but they're not necessarily going to build that way. Those run this way along your body. So you have to, what's the opposite of that? Or how are you con- like contracting the muscle? It's with the rotation. It's with the twist. Yeah. So having both of those in there, not just, oh, this is an ab exercise. No, this is an oblique. This is your transverse. This is your kind of isolating them so that you know what to feel and know what to kind of think about contracting more. And I think that brings up a good point for, for core. And it's kind of what we weren't able to talk about with calves just because calves are so one dimensional, but with, with, um, ab exercises, you want to do, want to do them all. You know, you don't want to just go in and do crunches or go in and do crunches and sit-ups and leg raises and reverse crunches. Like you're only working one plane then. You know, you got to have some twisting in there. Um, you got to have some stabilization because your core is doing all three of those things all the time. That if you only work the one, this is also what's going to limit you in your growth of, you know, getting a six pack or just strengthening your abs, whatever you're looking for. You got to do all three phases. You know, it's it's maybe doesn't look like the same or seem the same, but it's like if you were to go in and only do quads. You never work your hamstrings. You never work your glutes maybe never work your calves, you only go do quads, well, your legs are only going to get so big, they're only going to get so defined if you're only working one muscle group in that area. It's the same with your core. You got to work like the the transverse, you got to work the um, the middle section where that six-pack lies, and then you got to work on your stabilization too because that's going to help. I don't like hanging leg raises, but I definitely see the benefit and the potential of them. And I like when I program them in, I see the results from it. To me, 
besides the swinging aspect of them, like be, like cheating with it, they're kind of hard to cheat. Yes, you can lift your knees up, but if you know, okay, this doesn't count until my hips rotate under, it's harder to cheat those, I think. Oh, I think that's, maybe I'm not understanding what you're saying. Like, I, I feel like those are, I feel like those are extremely easy to do wrong and not get the benefit from. They're so easy to do incorrectly. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Maybe just for me, they're hard to cheat. Because I can tell the difference of I'm just lifting my leg versus I am like tucking my tailbone under. Yeah, I don't think I'm understanding your terminology. <laughs> they're hard. I don't get hard to cheat. Like think they're extremely easy to cheat you know it's like a crunch or a sit-up i mean they're extremely easy to cheat like like you said most people just bring their head up and then they just use their hip flexors like those are super easy to cheat See, they're, okay they're all easy to cheat i think they're easier okay you're right to me they're easier they're both easy to cheat it's easier to tell when you are cheating i think with the leg raises i think with the sit-ups mm. people can't always feel the rolling up or rolling down unless you're really tuned in to where for me with the hanging leg raise, I can feel if my hips are tucking under or if I'm just lifting my legs up or if I'm sure. just lifting my knees to where I can tell, no, this is just working my hip flexors because my knees are coming up, but I'm not crunching. Got it. I get what you're saying now. But yeah, they're both super easy to cheat. Yeah. You know, you hang on a bar and you're swinging to get your legs up. Yeah, it's not that, not that difficult to get get some momentum with that going. I think to kind of go back to what we were talking about in the beginning of how to, you know, maybe program this or get the results you want with it. Like if you're trying to build size, um, focusing on loading the weight on all of these exercises, you know, whether it's the crunches, um, sit ups are going to be really difficult to do just because it's a difficult exercise to um, do by itself correctly. Um, but crunches, you know, Russian twists, cable twists, planks, all of these, um, you want to load up the weight and, and do, you know, five to 10 reps. You don't want to do what you probably see most of the time of like people get done with their, their real workout. And then they go do their abs at the end and they're just sitting there doing 25 of everything. It's and like, no rest period in between. Yeah. Right. No rest period in between. You're just burning you're just burning it out. You're not really working on building the size yeah. of your abs. You're just burning muscle them endurance. Out. You're getting muscle endurance, which right. unless it's what you're going for. Great. Right. But yeah, if this episode is about building abs and creating a nice mid line area. Yeah. Add the weight, do it like you'd program anything else. Stay within your rep range, add rest periods in between so that your muscle has time to relax and then go full force again at it. Um, and I would say, don't let it be a just, oh, okay, I'll just add it on thing. If this is something you're wanting to focus on, just like anything else, add it within your program and maybe up the volume a little bit to make sure that, you know, like, okay, this is your focus. Maybe you do it at the beginning of your workout and you're putting all your energy into that, or you're adding it, you know, a little bit more frequently or changing up your programming so that you're adding a new stimulus to it, but don't just see it as an afterthought. 
Because yeah. I think abs are an easy thing to just make an afterthought. Or even calves. Like, oh, I'll just throw them on at the end of my workout. And that's why they don't grow. And that's why, you know, guys are always wanting them to be, you know, better or bigger or whatever. It's you're not putting the intention towards it. You know, yeah. you're just you're just kind of doing it as an afterthought. And um, you're not putting that focus that it needs. But yeah, loading up the weight, um, doing them slow and controlled, just like you do everything else, adding the rest periods, um, giving yourself a variety of the mix, you know, of the different types even. And the other thing that I was thinking with this is, um, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to put on size. Typically what's happening is you're trying to put on size. So you've made your program around that. But then when you go to do abs or calves, you do 25 repetitions and it's kind of not in line with what you're doing and this is could actually be what's hindering your growth on your your other lifts you know like we said think about think about what your cat or what your core is doing when you're squatting or deadlifting or, or even bench pressing or bar- barbell row if your core is not able to handle holding that much weight mm-hmm. it's going to be super difficult for you to lift that weight mm-hmm. and then get the results you want when you're doing your squats mm-hmm. or you're doing your deadlift so, but if you're training your core to become stronger by doing weighted planks and doing, you know, holding a 45 pound plate above you when you're doing crunches and, you know, doing, doing these really loaded core exercises, that's going to help you with your other lifts as well. Another good stabilization one that I thought about when you said that was farmer carries. Yeah. Those are, I love those. I don't, we, I should start doing those. Those are, well, how are we going to load up more plates? But I really like that for so many reasons. I like, because you have to hold your posture with that. You have to, like you're stabilizing the entire time and it works on your grip strength, which is just always my downfall. Um, I love those. Yeah. I forgot about those. I don't think about those as an ab exercise. Yeah. There, I, I mean, guess I don't really do them out often anyways, but. And like you said, you, you're using your grip too. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on with those. Yeah. You know, and are you talking about on both sides? Yeah. Or, I mean, on both sides, now just do one side. Ooh. There's, a, there's even more Ooh. of an ab exercise with it. Yeah. You know, keeping that posture, just holding a dumbbell or something on the other side. Typically what you want to do is you want to lean to where the dumbbell is, but you're having to keep your posture straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just simply walking. And that's, I mean. You talk about a, a active exercise. You're working on so many different things in it. I mean, that's carrying your groceries. How much like how everyday functional is that? And then I think on the reverse end, what most people are doing when they do abs and calves with doing that 25 repetitions and um, short rest periods and, you know, holding, I don't know, maybe you're holding a plank for, five minutes because it's just you can do it all day um i feel like those are still helpful and they can still be applied they're just typically applied at the wrong time like what we're saying people are trying to build their abs out and you're doing 25 repetitions and no weight to where when you're wanting to you know really chisel out you're wanting to get defined or you're wanting to work on your muscle endurance this is kind of where you would apply that type of programming where it's high repetitions low weight um, you're really burning out the muscle that sort of thing you should still be programming it just like you are your other exercises you know say you're doing 12 to 15 repetitions do the same with your core and your calves um, 
but it's just taking that and applying it to the right time. And I also see with the chiseling aspect of it, if you're cutting, that's what I love and why I think is misunderstood with abs is you are, you do want to build them out because to show abs, you, you do need a lower body fat percentage that the more that you build the muscle out, the lower percentage you have to be to be able to see them or to see some definition or even just to see like for my stomach, I, I don't really ever push to have abs, but my stomach always has shape and definition. And I, I think like, yeah, I could get abs if I lower my body fat percentage, but because I think about building out my core and building out my muscles in that area, it always just looks shapely and I don't have to be at a low body fat percentage. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a reason for like doing the heavy weighted core exercises is that's what helps build them out and, um, kind of just tightens that area in general. Yeah. But I think we don't need to talk about it on this one, but I think, um, we should say if you want your abs to show, a lot of it's diet. Yes. You know, you have to address that and you have to make sure that you are eating a clean, healthy diet. Um, but for men, it's going to be a little bit like men always sit a little bit lower than females do. So you're going to have to drop, you know, I think whether like females is like, depends on your body style, but I think it's like 13% body fat to where guys like you can get all the way down to you can get low like yeah. nine and then you can see that like, oh, even lower even lower than that yeah that yeah i think that's also a huge part of it unfortunately and fortunately i guess like that's where what most, you're eating does matter that's where most people carry body fat is in that is in the stomach region yeah it's just it is what it is and to get that to show that's going to be a factor for sure but yeah. i think on the weightlifting side that kind of like what you were bringing up and alluding to is uh, we don't really have this, we don't have the perception that we should about it of building it out, you know, literally building those muscles so they become bigger so that they can show through. Um, we, we kind of think of it as like, we got to do a whole bunch of repetition so that it gets cut and defined, but you're just going to be doing those all day long. Um, and they're just going to be these teeny tiny little muscles underneath mm -hmm. to where you need to make them big and strong and push through. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what I love about, um, doing the vacuum poses as well, is it kind of elicits that I feel like for more females care about this is like, yes, you are building out and you're wanting to build muscle in that area. But I'm for most females, you don't want to have that like boxy blown out ab look like you still want to probably be more tight or shapely that doing those vacuum poses was huge for me of keeping that same maybe circumference but just my abs were showing through and it was a little bit tighter of a look um so vacuum poses are really awesome for that and it helps you being able to figure out how to contract and um activate those areas than when you're doing just regular ab exercises it's like yeah. what we talked about in the last episode of priming that you're sending that signal to that area so that you know okay when i go do my crunch or my sit-up or my russian twist or whatever i know what activating and tensing that area feels like so then you can tell oh i'm doing it wrong or i'm i'm using all my hip flexors yeah 
Totally. Well, I think that's it for me on this episode. Yeah, I think so too. You know, we can uh, always come back to this topic if we get, you know, comment too. If you have any questions about either, um, we can definitely address it. But I think that's a pretty good um, general information that I feel like people don't really know about those areas. And they, I feel like it's a common one that people do wrong typically. It, yeah. Um, that that's kind of why we wanted to do this episode and just kind of lay out a, a general plan for people that may uh, may look at it incorrectly yeah and could help you so so much like my stomach changed aesthetically like a crazy amount and very quickly when I just started adding weight yeah to like simple things like it's not like I added a whole program of abs like I just was doing simple crunches Russian twists the stabilization stuff but just adding weight to it and also going back to kind of I feel like we talked about this maybe last episode no two episodes ago of that also muscle memory stays there too so even if you're not as consistent or you're not trying to like push for the six-pack right now but you're just in your kind of maintenance phase your stomach still keeps that definition just because simply you have muscle there yeah so it's easier to kind of bounce back to that six-pack the next time if you want yep yeah all right cool Don't forget to like and subscribe, um, comment, all of the things. Our Facebook page, The Hub Fitness, and our Instagram, The Hub Fitness underscore. No, what am I saying? The Hub underscore fitness. (laughs) I'm going too fast. Um, Email us at thehub.fitcrew at gmail.com. And yeah, comment, like. Click the bell so that you know when we have new ones coming out. We are going to start uploading uh, consistently on Monday and Thursday. So you can look out for episodes each week and other fun stuff that we're going to be kind of adding to the channel. But still, click on the bell so that you for sure know <laughs> when new stuff is coming out. Yeah, and you can be the first to comment. Set it on your calendar. Um, write it in your phone calendar. That <laughs> <laughs> our podcast is coming out. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for watching. <laughs>